0: Hi, how are you doing today? Today is Thursday, May 23rd, 2019. I am Tam Finley, the host of the Remarkable Black Woman podcast. And today we're discussing self-fulfillment and how to get there. I'm so excited about this topic. I have clients and friends and family And strangers even asking me, how do you get there? How do you get to happy? How do you get to contentment? Well, today we're discussing that topic. I'm all open for you guys to call in and let me know what you think on this subject. Please inbox me, email me, join my Lifepreneurs group on Facebook, whatever it is you need to do to let me know what you think about this topic. Do it. Join me back in a few moments and we'll get right into it. Okay, good people, let's get into it. Today's topic is self-fulfillment, and I've titled this podcast Self-Fulfillment, The New Self-Care, and that's because I, over the past couple of years, you hear people discussing more and more about self-care, and once you know, something gets into the mainstream like that, it can sometimes lose its meaning or people can become desensitized to what it actually means or what we should actually be doing. And I think that is how happened with self-care. People start to distort its meaning. And after a while, you're not doing what you should be doing when it comes to whatever that thing is. So, so self-fulfillment is, to me, what we should all be striving towards. Because if you're not self-fulfilled in every area of your life, there will be no balance. You will stay upset. You will stay frustrated. It will be a perpetual state of dissatisfaction. Yes. And who wants to live that way? Not I, you know. So let's discuss it. The meaning of self-fulfillment, according to uh, Merriam-Webster, is the act or fact of fulfilling one's ambitions and desires, etc. through one's own efforts, okay? So that's one of the best things about self-fulfillment. It's something that you have to do for yourself. This is something that no one else can do for you. i research this topic thoroughly. I'm going to share with you guys personal stories on self-fulfillment. And I just really want you to hear from someone who I dealt with not being self-fulfilled before. I've dealt with, I guess, trying to match up with the norms of what's considered the norms of society and being very unhappy. And it took me getting to a place where I didn't care pretty much about everything else. All I learned to focus on was my own happiness. And not in a selfish manner, not where I didn't care about the people around me and all of that stuff, but in a fashion that I knew that if I was not happy, I was going to self-destruct. And thus, I wouldn't be able to assist and aid anyone around me, you know. It's like when uh, you're on the airplane and they tell the parent, you know, make sure you put your own mask on first before you put your child's mask on because if you can't breathe, you can't help the child to breathe, okay, or to get to safety. And it's the same with self-fulfillment for me. If I'm not self-fulfilled, I can't help those around me because I'm going to be in such disarray. And in such a chaotic state mentally that I won't be able to benefit those around me. I won't be able to do anything. And when we discuss this topic of self fulfillment, we cannot uh, discuss it in its entirety without discussing Maslow's laws of, um, you know, of needs, his hierarchy of needs. And if you don't know who um, Abraham Maslow was, please go look him up. He had uh, extensive research in this area, and he came to the conclusion that, you know, there were certain things as humans that we needed to be fully self-fulfilled, and if we did these things, that our lives would be more enjoyable, that we were stress less, and I also think, you know, you have more time and maybe even more money if you focused on, you know, fulfilling yourself. But, you know, as it goes to show money doesn't make you happy, but money can solve some problems, all right? So let's get down into it. Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs says that you have to have these five areas, self-actualization, esteem, a feeling of love and belonging, safety, and a physiological Um, need has to be met. And if you don't do these things, then you're not going to be self-fulfilled. And I agree. You know, I can remember when I was just coming out of college and I was just in a state of, you know, you really don't know unless you're one of these people that already know exactly what you want to do in every area of your life uh, and have it figured out you're good but if you're one of those like me that I really didn't know what I wanted to do really didn't have a passion for anything in particular at that time I was sort of all over the place and I would do something for a couple of months and think that I liked that thing and then I switch over to something else and I realized that in doing all of that stuff it was because I wasn't I was doing that stuff because I wasn't being true to who I was and what actually fulfilled me i was trying to go based on the norms of society that told me what i should be doing at that time you know you should be getting a job in corporate america you've just finished up with college so your next step should either be getting prepared to go to graduate school but getting you some work experience so you can get a job and you can stay in um you know move up the corporate ladder And I believed all those things to be true, you know. In addition to that, as a woman, I should be, you know, uh, dating and trying to find somebody to spend the rest of my life with and getting ready, you know, to have kids in about five or six years and just so much stuff, you know. You need to have a home and all of that pressure and all of those things in addition to, you know, your spiritual life. You have to live right You have to be doing everything that you should be doing at that time. And in doing that stuff and in trying to get to those levels of where other people had always told me I needed to be, I started to lose myself. And I could feel the pressure and the weight of all of that stuff just pressing on me and crushing me. And I made a life change. I made a life change. I decided that I wasn't going to live my life according to those norms. I wasn't subscribing to the way that that's what I had to do. I knew some people would be unhappy with it. I had people unhappy with me. Me and my dad had a long talk about responsibility and things like that. However, I knew if I didn't do those things that I wouldn't be fulfilled and I wouldn't be happy. And I was just at a time in my life where I knew that happiness was detrimental to my success in this life. I'll be back in a moment to discuss this topic a little bit more in-depthly and share with you guys some of my research. Hi, and today we're discussing self-fulfillment, the new self-care. And I ended up giving you guys some personal views on self-fulfillment, sharing with you a little bit. Now I want to discuss somewhat like the problems with self-fulfillment and happy, you know. When I first started my design business, one of my taglines was that I hold your hand to happy. And I still sort of have it integrated into my business, but... I started to find out that people had problems with the word happy. Because true contentment doesn't mean that you're actually happy. It just means that you're, you're cool, you know, you're chill, you're, you're not upset, you know, you're at peace, whatever the situation is. But not necessarily happy, you know. Because when people think about happiness, they think about joyful, you know, exuberant, uh, over-the-top But in essence, you know, true contentment, you can be uh, pleasant and fine and peaceful and not be jumping off of the rafters. And for me, that is happiness for me. You know, it's just true contentment It's not, you know, in a state of depression, dysfunction, um, disturbed living for me. So let's talk about the problems surrounding self fulfillment and happiness. One of the uh for me, one of the greatest therapists out there right now is uh Yala Vanzant. And I know you've probably seen her show. She in herself is a remarkable black woman to me. Um, I love to listen to her as she sort through people's lives and show them how to uh take very difficult situations and learn to live out of them. One statement that she made that I really agree with, uh, and it to me relates to self-fulfillment, is comparing yourself to others. Because one of the main reasons why I think a lot of folks aren't self-fulfilled is because they sit and compare themselves to other people. I actually discussed this with... A guy that I know uh, about a month and a half ago he was having some issues and it really just came out to the way he was seeing himself and I had to tell him like brother you are a successful man you know you're just measuring yourself by other people's benchmarks and therefore you seem like you're unsuccessful that's a way of thinking, and that's personal. You know, sir, you have to figure out how to become self-fulfilled in yourself because you're not living that person's experience. You're living your own. So this is what Dr. Van Zin said. Comparison is an act. I don't know if she's a doctor or not. Mm, we'll get to that in a minute. Comparison is an act of violence against thyself. And that's what you do. When you constantly compare yourself to the other person's situation, We've all heard the term, the grass is, always looks greener. You know what I mean? When you constantly compare yourself to somebody else and you don't know what their true you know, stuff is, you're only doing yourself a disservice. You're only making yourself unhappy and feeling incomplete and putting yourself down because you're constantly comparing yourself to somebody else. And that's what happens when you're living a life where you are not fulfilled. You're living a life trying to make everybody else happy, or you're living a life and waiting for your happiness to come from someone else. That's a life of crazy, okay? Let me be the first one to tell you. And this goes back to what I was saying in the beginning. You have to meet your own needs before you can meet the needs of others, Therefore, until you are self-fulfilled, you are of no use to anyone else. You can just, I mean, I used to reference a while ago to a young child on an airplane, but you can even go down to, you can take it back to a baby, you know, until that baby's basic needs are met. You know, they're fed, they're changed, whatever it is that they need for that day. They're unhappy or they're sick. You know they 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 are not pleasant, and it's the same way for us as adults. Until we meet those basic needs, you know, we can't help anybody else. That this is a problem why a lot of us can't be by ourselves. We see solitude, or you know, not being in relationships as That something's wrong with us. When in actuality, when you really have self-fulfillment, you value solitude because solitude gives you the time to reflect on what's going on in your life and to appreciate the good as well as the not so good. That's one of the keys to uh, self-fulfillment. Is learning how to look at your own experience and analyze yourself so other people won't have to do it. Socrates believed that everyone could discover their beliefs and values through self-examination. And that's exactly what I'm telling you right now. You have to discover yourself. In a moment, I'm going to uh, share with you guys some things, and some tools that you can use to get too happy, but I wanted to bring this up and um, re- lead into some other stuff towards the end about relationships, because a lot of the women that I come in contact with and men, I just tell you, men, they're struggling with this right now. I know so many women that are going into businesses that they don't even really know why they're doing it. They don't really want to do it, but they see things are happening for women around them. Women around them are doing things, so they figure, like, I better do something, too. You know, I better do something, too, because, you know, um, such and such is doing this. I should be doing that, too, when in essence, you never should have put your toe in that pool. You know, you never should have jumped off in that. So you have to make sure that what's for you is for you. And whatever that thing is, that it is fulfilling you. And that you're not just doing it based on what somebody else is doing it. Okay? So, I'll be back in a moment to share with you a little bit more on the topic of self-fulfillment. okay good people I was coming back that day it took me a minute so I didn't rush it through Um, I'm here today to finish up on this topic of self-fulfillment and it's one that has um, so many aspects to it and I'll probably come back and discuss this again another day but um, today uh, I wanted to go into discussing relationships and being fulfilled in relationships and being fulfilled in business and those are the ones that I think I'm going to come back to. I was uh, reading an article uh, on Michelle Obama and her book uh, Becoming and she was discussing some things and I have some very similar views to the way she feel and the way she feels and the way I've already always worked in my marriage and in my relationship making sure that I wasn't just um, somebody's wife, making sure that I was always valuing myself, even do, even though I went through a small time period where I had to, I felt like I was losing myself, and so I had to, um, you know, self-discover, reevaluate, switch things up, and make sure that I was you know making doing what was good for me as well as my husband I had just had a baby uh, had my son and it was just a really weird down period and I think a little bit of it was hormonal also or postpartum uh, whatever you would want to call it or name it but I felt as if I was losing myself during that time and I'm I'm positive I'm not the only woman that is ever felt these feelings and emotions and I had to remind myself you know that you are important you know you are important you are valuable and if you are not fulfilled then nobody's going to be happy he's not going to be happy your kid is not going to be happy nobody is going to be happy so you need to take a good look at yourself to him And you need to answer these questions. And these are the questions that I'm going to pose to you guys. And I want you to answer me back. You know, write me, email me, join my Lifepreneurs group on Facebook. Whatever you need to do and answer me. And I'm going to come back in another podcast and respond to your your responses. But these are the questions you need to ask yourself when you're doing self-discovery. And you're trying to figure out this self-fulfillment thing. What fulfills you? That's number one. You know what I mean? What fulfills you? What makes you want to get out of the bed in the morning? What, you know, is something that you would never want to live without? What is that thing? What really and truly makes me happy? I can tell you guys, I am happy. If I get up in the morning and I roll over and see that brown man laying beside me and I see the glowing face of that young man running down those steps, I am a happy person, Okay? God knows I would never want to live a day without them and if something was to happen and I had to live a day without them, I would still be fulfilled in knowing that the time that I spent with them, I tried my best and did my best to be good to them, you know, like that's the kind of stuff that makes me happy. And it's nothing spectacular. I love to travel. I love to do things, you know. But my favorite time is just the quality time that I get to spend with my husband and my son. While we making memories and we're doing things. But like I said, if anything was to happen, of course, I would be sad and I would grieve. However, I would continue to live on. And if it was something that they were absent, I would, you know, continue to live my life in a way in which you know they would be glorified also in which they would be you know they would be like oh yeah mom that's what i wanted you to do or or, oh yeah tam go live your best life now you know that's the type of stuff that fulfills me you know i don't have to have a, a whole lot but you know my bills are paid thank god and making sure that my bills are paid and getting up in the morning to eat me a little breakfast and you know being able to have the freedom to to live my life in a manner in which i like to live it that's happiness in itself and it doesn't you know you don't have to have a big house and a and a fancy car and all this other stuff i sometimes think about and i may maybe some of you guys have caught me in the life for news group I wish I could just move somewhere where I could live after, you know, live in a little tropical area and do something small and raise my son and my husband live and, you know, it wouldn't take a lot of money. I don't have to have a big old house. I feel like life is very simple. However... You know, in this modern world, we make it very complex. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves. We want to look a certain way. We want to to do certain things. We want to, you know, live here. And it's not always because, you know, that's what's best for you and your situation. Oftentimes, it's best for somebody else's situation and you think what they're doing is awesome, so you want to do it too. That's all well and good until the bills start. You know, that's all well and good until... You can't keep up the image. And then you look and you, if you really look, look deep and assess your life and say, hey, why am I doing this? You know what I mean? Why am I doing this? Is this really making me happy? Could I be happy, you know, living in a smaller home, uh, driving a different car? Like for me, if I lived in a place where I didn't even have to have a car and I could walk, literally walk to everywhere I needed to go. I might give up my car, you know, because in the big scheme of things, now my car is paid for, so I don't have a car note, but in the big scheme of things, when you think about it, having to pay for gas, having to pay for maintenance, and all that type of stuff, that stuff becomes things that you don't really want to worry about, even when buying a house, I mean, you've seen the tiny house revolution going on, and that's, that's cool, Like. When you can pick up and take your home with you wherever you want to go and you don't have the burden of a mortgage and you don't have the burden of keeping the house up and getting the grass cut and all of that stuff that comes along with having a house, just this weekend, what was it? I can't remember. It's always something at our house. We always have something. And me and my husband was like, hey, why are we doing this? Of course, we wanted a yard for the kid and we got a yard. But now he's getting a little older and I can just take him to the park. You know, he's he's no longer the little kid that he was. Um, So I don't necessarily have to have all of that stuff. We don't necessarily have to have all of that, what we wanted before, you know? So we really have to take a look at ourselves and say, hey, what is fulfilling me? And then where do I fit in? You know, where do I fit into this? And is this still the same goals and missions and dreams that I set for myself or did I start to change according to my environment, you know, and whatever, what else was going on around me? Self-fulfillment rarely comes from material things, guys. It's a mindset, you know, um, it's a true mindset of happiness when you're fulfilled. And happiness is found when you can reflect on your life and find contentment okay so if that's not you if you're having issues you know whether it be in your relationships your business or whatever it is i would love to know um your answers to these questions and also if you say like hey that's me tam like what can i do how can i change this i want you to take these four uh, i want to well it's more than four I want you to take these steps. Just listen to my steps. Number one, create your own happiness. This is something that I did for myself. When I first started my business, this is one of my things that I drove home. You have to create your own happiness, and that begins by self-discovery. You know, figuring out what makes you happy. Then I suggest that you simplify and purge whatever it is that you don't need that you're holding and you're saving and you. You know, for whatever the reason is, let that stuff go. It only weighs you down. You can't do anything if you're weighed down with bills, if you're weighed down with things. Regardless of what it is, let it go. Number three, uh, which I say this third, but I do this first, is focus on God. If I focus on God and I put him in the forefront before I make any decision, then I don't have to worry about, how that thing is going to worry out, because I know he works things out for my good. So if you want to put that one in the first place, when I'm saying create your own happy, I've I've already done that, you know, put it in the first place, focus on God. Number four, surround yourself with positivity, meaning check your environment, check the people that you're hanging with, and that you're around, and that, you know, that doing everything with you, check out your environment and make sure that it's one that fosters this happiness that you're seeking. If you are always around Debbie downers or if you are always around people that you have to compare yourself to and and you feel inadequate to, get away from those folks. Get around some people that's going to build you up, make you feel good about yourself, you know what I mean? People that you can always be yourself and you can always be comfortable with. Do that thing. Get a plan. Get a plan. If you don't do nothing else, get a plan. You know, set goals for what you want and be successful in completing them. That's it. Point blank, period. Do it. And once you've done these things, celebrate your accomplishments. Celebrate it by getting your... I mean, you don't have to do anything big, but celebrate it. Tell your friends about it because there's some more folks out there just like you who are going through this thing just like you. And they can live through you and through your testimony. Okay? That's it for today, guys. I want all of us to be healthy. I want all of us to be, um, you know, good-spirited and all of that good stuff. I am going to come back in just a few moments to highlight a remarkable black woman. Because that's the segment that I'm just going to start. So, I'm starting it today. And I will be back in just a few moments. Highlight won't take that long. Uh, See you in a minute. Today's remarkable black woman is Ida B. Wells. She was born July 16, 1862 and she died March 25th, 1931. Her legal name was Ida B. Wells Barnett. She was an awesome Do you hear me awesome black woman? Yes. She was an investigative journalist, an educator, and an early civil rights leader. She was also one of the co-founders of the NAACP, but you don't hear about it because they were hating on her a little bit, so they didn't tell it in the beginning, but she was. And for those of you who may not know, that stands for National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. She was born into slavery in Holly Springs, Mississippi, and freed by the Emancipation Proclamation during the Civil War. She had, um, she lost her parents at 16 and a younger brother to yellow fever. And she moved to, I think, to take care of her sisters, yes, and moved to Memphis. and She became a teacher. She co-owned a newspaper, the Memphis Free Speech and uh Headlight, and she was forced, um, you know, she was intimidated and all that type of stuff. You know how people try to come out and hate on you when they don't want you doing what they're doing because she really put an eye on lynching during a time when people really didn't speak out about it. She was also part of the women's suffrage movement and she also criticized it for their lack of concern with black women and slavery and all of that disadvantages that we faced during that time. Uh, She was a skilled and persuasive speaker. She even spoke internationally. She went overseas to champion our cause and to try to get more people to, you know, come and check out what they were doing in America to black people. Guys, I want you to go and learn I'm leaving out some stuff I am doing that on purpose because I want you to learn more about who Ida B Wells was and the awesome woman that she was you know I want you to know her story and to be able to share it with others so you can t- tell people what's really going on and how remarkable we really are if you don't know your history, you will have to repeat it so I've decided that each episode I'm going to contain a segment about some of these remarkable black women. During a time when black women didn't have much, Ida B. Wells was out there making sure we had. Do you hear me? This is a quote. If this work can contribute in any way toward proving this, and at the same time arouse the conscience of the American people to a demand for justice to every citizen and punishment by law for the lawless, I should feel I have done my race a service. Thank you, sister. Ida B. Wells for stepping up and standing out for me. And I'm going to champion you from now on. You can check out more about Ida B. Wells from her autobiography, A Divided Duty. Um, She wrote this. I think her her and her daughter ended up finishing finishing that. So, guys, go find out. Guys and girls, find out who Ida B. Wells is and teach your kids. All right? Talk about this at the coffee shop and everywhere else you go. Thank you for checking out this Remarkable Black Woman's podcast. Love more.